Rev it up and welcome to Cars Yeah, show number 1,652. This is Cars Yeah, where you'll enjoy interviews with inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Mark Green is here to provide you with a fuel injection of automotive inspiration. So get in, sit down, buckle up, and get ready for a wild ride here on Cars Yeah. Hello, inspiring automotive enthusiasts, and welcome to Cars Yeah. I'm revved up and very excited to be uh, in Cologne, Germany today with a very special guest by the name of Laura Kukuk. Laura, welcome to Cars Yeah. Are you buckled up and ready for a fun ride? Absolutely. I can't wait to get this thing going. All right. We'll have some fun here. Now, before I do a proper introduction for you, I would love for you to share one little thing that maybe most people don't know about you, Laura. <laughs> oh gosh um yeah maybe not a lot of people would know that i've written um like a very long thesis about the technical in- innovations of the automotive industry um comparing basically lunch with mercedes out of from the 50s mm. and it turns out to be like a 380 pages book almost um, wow <laughs> which never got publicated but maybe i should do that one day well you know you can self-publish these days very easily even if you're doing a small quantity i really think you should that's an incredible <laughs> amount of work oh my gosh 380 pages mm-hmm. and full technical yeah it's a tough read it is yeah but it's been really good research and i really love the 50s and the innovations of the 50s and i think the comparison between Lancia as an automotive brand and mercedes it's just been too interesting for me to stop basically has anybody compared those two brands because i would not think of those two brands oh i wouldn't know how to compare them first and foremost i have a feeling you are way smarter than i am the fact that you took those two and comp- that's fascinating you've got to do that laura i i'm gonna i'm gonna push you <laughs> nudge you into that even if you just do a few copies and hey there's a good christmas present for all your friends your car buddy that's a very good idea actually that's there. a good idea <laughs> you can sign it and ah, oh, it'll be on their their shelves forever well there you go i took care of your christmas shopping for you in one fell swoop <laughs> Well, let me give you a proper introduction, and we're going to jump into your life. I'm really anxious to talk with you. You know, my good friend Caroline Cassini follows your Instagram and said, you've got to get this lady on your show. I think you'll really enjoy talking to her. So shout out to Caroline, past guest here on Cars Yeah, so let me give you a proper introduction. Laura Kukuk is an automotive engineer and classic car specialist, as you would have gathered by now, with a scientific approach to authenticate and value classic and race cars. She was formerly with McLaren Automotive, Porsche Kramer Racing. There's a cool name that goes way back. And today with, and I'm going to have you say this in your fine German dialect. How do you pronounce your business name? It's called Ingenieurbüro Kuckuck. So basically, it's like an engineering office where we specialize in exactly what you said. I love it. Well, you say that way better than my Deutsch would have pronounced (laughs) it. She's a Nürburgring native. Laura is a classic car enthusiast with a special dedication who loves to dive into automotive literature and to get hands-on mechanically involved with automobiles. Throughout her mechanical and automotive engineering studies, she's taken the opportunity to work as body and later as a development engineer for McLaren Automotive, yeah, that little operation, before returning back to Germany to complete her studies. 
She's a regular attendee, participant, and judge at various automotive events around the world, including some very cool events by the name of Goodwood, Pebble Beach, the Quail Lodge, Mili Milia, Monte Carlo Rally Historique, Historique? Did I say that right? Historique? Yeah. Le Mans Classic. Via de Este. There's one on my bucket list. The London Brighton Veteran Run. Another one and many, many others. We're going to have some fun with Laura today, but before we do, please give our valued sponsors a little love, a little attention, maybe a little business today because they're the ones that bring the show to you. Sit tight. Keep your seatbelt on. We're in Germany having some fun with cars. We'll be right back. Did you know the most damaging thing to your vehicle's interior is the sun. Those harsh UV rays damage your interior over time. They crack your dash, they fade the colors, and the heat makes getting into your favorite ride downright unbearable. My friends at Covercraft have the perfect solution for you. Their sunscreens are easy to use. They take seconds to install and remove and protect your vehicle while parked in the sun. They fold up easily and store away for those times you don't want to use your car cover. I have one for every one of my vehicles and you should too. They come in a variety of colors and options featuring an accordion design that makes unfolding and folding them a breeze. Want to give a gift that keeps on giving? Buy a Covercraft sunscreen for your family members and friends. They'll thank you for it every time they park their vehicle. They're custom made to fit almost any vehicle. Check out Covercraft.com for a huge number of styles, colors, and options. And here's something special from me here at Cars Yeah, just for you. Use the code YAH120 at checkout at Covercraft.com and you'll get 10% 10% off your Covercraft order. Go to Covercraft.com and use the code YEAH120 at checkout and you get 10% off. You can thank me later. Covercraft, they've got you covered. I found a new way to protect my vehicle. American Collectors Insurance. That's who now protects my Porsche Turbo, the one I call my orange crush. But did you know they also insure your valuable collectibles of automobilia and automotive collectibles? If you're like me, you've invested in a lot of cool automotive collectibles over the years. Those items are valuable. And if you were to lose them in a theft or a fire, well, try to get your normal homeowner's insurance to pay you what they're worth. Good luck with that. American Collectors Insurance provides you with assurance and confidence that your collectibles are fully covered. American Collectors Insurance have been protecting us automotive enthusiasts since 1976. They provided me with an agreed value insurance policy backed by a history of taking care of their clients. Give them a call today for a quote at 866-ACI-YEAH. That's 866-224-9324. And protect the ones you love. I did. American Collectors Insurance, classic car and collectible insurance designed by collectors for collectors, just like you and me. All right, Laura, we're back. And as we continue on this journey we call your life, I would like for you to start with a success quote or a mantra, some kind of saying that's been instrumental in forming the success you've had in life. It's a really nice way to get the tires smoking a little bit here on Cars Yeah, so Laura, take the wheel. I think the best quote, which I live by every day, is actually every day is a school day Mm. because you never stop learning. If you use that approach to for work, for your social life or for anything, really, you will always be open minded for, yeah, knowledge and other people. And in general, it's just, yeah, I think this is the quote which 
goes the best for for my professional life, for sure. Yeah, and I have a feeling with a, a lady of your intellect and your knowledge and your engineering background, that desire to learn all the time, and there's always something to learn about old cars, isn't there? Absolutely. You never stop learning. And I mean, at the end of the day, the, the car has been invented over 100 years ago, and I'm 27 years old. So there's a lot of years I still need to. <laughs> there's like a big gap between that. <laughs> yeah, a lot of catching up to do. Well, I find it really fascinating. Absolutely. So I would love for you to talk a lot more about this business of yours and what you do. You take a very a forensic type approach. And I'll tell you, my, my wife this morning was saying, well, who are you going to be talking to today? And I mentioned your name and I mentioned what you do. She is an engineer and loves that process of learning. She loves mathematics. She does math puzzles for fun. Who does that? Well, she does that. Love it. Yeah, I know. My mom always said, marry a woman smarter than you. And I did. I think that was a trick though, somehow, but uh, (laughs) it's worked pretty well for me. I would love for you to talk more about your business. What gets you excited to jump out of bed every day and this very unique approach you take to automobiles? I'd love to talk to you about it because it's, yeah, it's definitely something which I am very passionate about and for sure something not a lot of people know about in the, in this kind of depth. So, um, I try to be a bit more educational around that approach as well. I mean, like I'm talking about the classic car, where, where, which is my profession mm-hmm. and I'm being a young woman, which is obviously, um, like a niche itself almost. And I, tr- I think the classic car world, needs more people in it and especially younger people so the more i like to use this kind of platform like a podcast or like instagram channels or or this kind of stuff is where i try to bring also this kind of information to the world and get people more interested in this technical old car world Give me an example. Let's say I hire you to help me uh, research or look into a specific vehicle that I want to purchase. Would that be a way that I might tap you on the shoulder and say, I need some help, Laura? Absolutely. I mean, that, that would be my ideal scenario. You better approach me before you bought it than you, bu- than <laughs> yes. you bought it and you want me to, to look at it afterwards. So, yeah. Last thing you um, want is Laura to say, why did you buy this? <laughs> Yeah, I, I tried to phrase it differently, but basically, <laughs> yeah, I, I, I prefer I prefer to warn you than the other way around. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, this isn't always the case. I, I mean, quite frankly, there are a lot of really great cars out there. So often enough, I get to tell good stories. But mm-hmm. um, yeah, from time to time, there's obviously something going on which the customer might have not been aware of before. Well, I mentioned in your bio that you like to roll up your sleeves a bit and you like to dig into things. I think you're a you're you're a hands-on person when it comes to automobiles. So, give me an example if I found this vehicle and I sent you to look at it, research it. What are all the different ways that you would you would help me define if this is the right car for me? So basically what I would do, I would start with researching it. So like a theoretical approach, try to find out as much as possible, not just through the internet, which everyone could do, but also through the network we have. So maybe I would contact the brand which manufactured the car, or I would go to the clubs, or I look through the various books or through our archive. And then once I've done that, and I have a better picture of the car i would schedule an appointment get to see the car in life in person and when i do that i first have a look at the car around it and then i start using my forensic methods um, which i apply in order to get a better overview not just from like 
a surface point of view, but then also like an in-depth. So I use, for example, spectroscopy. I don't know. Sorry, excuse me. <laughs> I know what you're talking about, though. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Here we go. Um, now we're diving deep. <laughs> which is basically a method I use to identify the material I'm looking at. And this helps me to then be able to date the material back to, to a century, which is, of course, really interesting because if you have a car in front of you and it's supposed to be from the 50s and then you receive material, for example, you look at the frame and you have the, the rear section of the frame and you look into the material and it, it's newer material from the mm, 80s or something. Yeah, something it's, happened it's, under it, there. It doesn't yeah. fit to the manufacturing. Yeah, but then... I don't just say, okay, this is wrong. I then would have a look at the weldings and see what actually did happen and look at the manufacturing process. The frame was manufactured, whether that fits to the technical manufacturing process, the manufacturer itself used back in the day. Mm -hmm. So these kind of things. So I would then also look at the thickness of the panel. So like the other thing is that the, the way the material components and the date of the material, but also it would be interesting to have a look whether it's the right thickness used. Basically, if you would go and manufacture that exact frame section today, you could use the same components, right? Right. You would need to use the same manufacturing process as well, but then you also would need to have the same wall thickness. Mm. So if that all matches and then the, the weldings match as well, I'm satisfied. But if something doesn't match, I just get alert and I'm just looking... What I would then do, I would obviously look into the history, whether I find something that there was an accident or try to match it up with the history, yeah. what I find on the car. Wow. This and, is fascinating. Um, yeah. So that's really deep. But then obviously I would also look at the car, just general condition. I mean, you will be looking into buying this car, want to know whether it's genuine, that's worth the money you want to spend, but also if you can ride it, if you can drive it safely around and if it's not going to fall apart tomorrow, right? Right. So I would also look into the car, look at the chassis, at the rolling chassis, how, how the suspension is and this kind of stuff. But then I would also look into the engine and the gearbox. And usually you would need to open it up. I mean, one thing is to do a test drive. Yes, you can tell a lot of the car but you can't say how the engine 100% is how the cylinders are in which condition they are the bearings you would need to open it up or there's a way you could actually use an oil analysis which we which we use all the time you can um, send the oil into a laboratory for an analysis and you can tell basically everything how the condition of the engine or the gearbox is wow. simply by interpreting the oil yeah which is quite cool <laughs> wow. So there are simple ways to yeah. tell a lot about the car. You know, uh, I have a feeling that when uh, you show up at the door of somebody who's selling a car, they go, oh, no, Laura Kakuk is here. Oh, <laughs> I better tell the truth about everything because she's going to uncover all the dirty secrets about this old car. I, it, this is really, really cool. I mean, you take it to a, such a different level. There's plenty of people that will go and look at vehicles for you. And I've had people do that. I've had friends who've had so-called experts call and say, yeah, you should buy that thing. And when the car shows up, you just go, why did you tell me to buy this car? It's horrible. So, uh, yeah, to have somebody that is, especially for a high-end vehicle, is so important if you're investing a lot of money. Laura is the one to call. This is really, really cool. You're like a, a detective for old cars. <laughs> yes, it's it's quite it's quite an interesting comparison, but it does fit. Absolutely. Yes. Very it's, cool. it's, I, I like to look at a vehicle like a puzzle. 
Mm-hmm. And I tried to puzzle it back together to the pieces it, it had when it left the, manuf- the um, manufacturing. So, yes. That's very cool. I always like to talk a little bit with my guests about a big challenge in their life or their career, something that really uh, forced them maybe to an edge, but more importantly, uh, taught them a really valuable lesson that they could perhaps share with somebody who's listening that might be going through something similar. Can you take us on a little journey to one of those times in your life when you faced a big challenge or even a big failure, and then tell us how that experience helped you gain even more momentum when you came out on the other end? To be honest, what you just said fits quite well because you just said that if I would enter a doorstep, people would probably say, oh God, Laura is coming. So we need to say, um, say the truth. But actually it's quite, quite frankly, it's, it's often quite different because Mm. being a young woman, Ah, um, I mean, it's a classic car world. We all know it's more old people, but you know, like most, like the bigger percentage of the people is a little bit older than me and male. So it's an automotive industry itself. It's a higher male percentage than women. Mm-hmm. And with the classic car world, it gets even narrower. So I've struggled when I enter that world, I guess, world of automotive industry. But I mean, okay, let's, let's correct this. <laughs> <laughs> it, it's not. Okay, can we start over again? Sorry. (laughs) Uh, Here, I think I know where you're going with this, Laura, and allow me to interject here. I believe you're dealing on two fronts. You're dealing with being a young woman, number one. So credibility is a bit more challenged because you're not older like many people who are into older cars. Not all, but it's changing. But the other fact that you're a woman and perhaps there's some biases there. In fact, not perhaps. There are some biases there between old guys. I'm not one of them. I try not to be one of them, but I certainly have encountered plenty of them. So you've got two strikes against you, if you will, when you first show up that you have to overcome, right? Absolutely. Yes. That, that's the way I wanted to phrase it. It's a challenge. I, I mean, every woman who goes in, or who steps foot into the automotive industry will be aware prior to doing that, right? Yes, so it's, yeah. it's like a known it's a known fact. It's mm-hmm. not an issue. It's a known fact. So same goes for me. But it's still there are there are some challenging times. But I like to you look at it and use it in a positive way. So you also learn a lot out of these times. So you get very um, alert almost, but in a positive way. So basically, I'm trying to be very sensitive when I first meet people, which I generally try to be. But and then you get a feeling for what they basically think. And then you try to adjust that way. Mm. So try to be more of a technical knowledge and bring across the technical knowledge or they want more of like the reassurance that, yes, I do know that a vehicle has four wheels and a steering wheel. <laughs> yeah. um, I don't know, like like more the basic way or, yeah, a kind of like juggling around that way. But sure. basically, at the end of the day, I still love it. I love my job absolutely to bits. And I always say I, I don't work a day in my life because it's basically, yeah, it's, it's, it's yeah. a hobby and I you love what I do. Sure. So absolutely. And therefore I try to, it can be challenging, but I think more women should try and have the courage to go into that direction as well. And not just women, also younger people. I don't think that it's a problem at all. It, it can be challenging, but I mean, there are always challenges in life. So I understand, and I understand really well, because I mentioned my wife earlier. She was an engineer, and when she started her career, she was in an office full of men. 
and she had to deal with this all the time. Now, this was back in the 80s. It's improved a bit, uh, still needs to improve, but it was tough for her many times. And I remember she was very upset once and went in to talk with her boss. And he was a very nice guy. And he saw the value of her being there because she's brilliant. She's smart. Of course, she's beautiful. So she's all those things. <laughs> and he said, you know what, Jill, what you need to do is dazzle them with your brilliance, meaning your mind. And then you will earn respect once they see that, that you're not just a pretty face in the office. And that's what she did. And she worked very hard at it. And there were still some older guys in there that always kind of gave her a little tough time. But that's how she did it. That's how she gained her credibility. And I love the fact that more and more women are coming into this industry. I've interviewed almost 200 women now here on Cars Yeah that are all spectacular people, so knowledgeable, brilliant, and beautiful at the same time. And I really commend you for what you're doing and the fact that you're fighting through those things and doing it in a very, sounds like a very positive way. Absolutely. I wanted to also touch on this idea of younger people because you are a young Younger woman. And one of the things that us older people in the car industry are very worried about is will there be enough young people in the collector car world that will have interest and they'll be caretakers for these vehicles? What, what's your opinion of that? You know what? It's a really good question because I get that a lot. I get that asked a lot. And I mean, this is, I think there will be enough people to keep it going, but it will be become more of a niche mm-hmm. for sure. And it will become smaller almost but i think the industry has woken up early enough almost if if you say it like that like concord elegances are the best example for it aren't they 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 start to bring in younger people and uh, more variety and try to teach younger people to to yeah to fulfill these judging duties and i see that everywhere but at the same time i also see a lot of restaurants struggling to pass on the knowledge because no one will want to learn that job for Mm -hmm. example like a panel beater i mean it's a tough job and a lot of people don't want to do that anymore and i think it's a two-sided how do you say that two-sided knife i don't know i don't think this works yeah the two-sided coin coin, yeah (laughs) (laughs) there we go it always works although knives do have Um, two sides to them as well so there you go yeah in german in german we say it was nice but anyways I mean, this is what I said initially at the beginning uh, is that I think using these platforms like podcasts and social media and trying to bring this fun across, like, I mean, it is an industry which is just so incredibly fun and everyone has that one passion. I mean, the classic car and or, or the car itself. And I talk to people who are doing that solely for their hobby. I talk to people who are doing that professionally and being involved with the cars. And their eyes always light up when they talk about cars. So mm-hmm. it's a very, very tiny industry, especially with classic cars now, obviously. And But it's a great world where it doesn't matter how old you are or how young or where you come from from like a wealthy background or not or whether you are a woman or a man Mm. um if it comes down to that one car and you actually get to talk about that or get to drive it it's all the same the same lights which are flashing into in their eyes so i think we should just be talking more and more about it and should try to educate younger people that is actually a great great make a great 
profession Absolutely. and a great area. Yeah. Um, yeah. Bring them on board and share the experience. <laughs> that That's what I see is working. That's what I hear from a lot of people. Do you know a, a lady named Cece Muldoon? Who lives in England? Absolutely, yes. Okay, yes. I had a feeling you two know each other. <laughs> yeah, uh, you remind me a lot of Cece. She was a recent guest here on Cars. Yeah, magnificent lady who's bringing that spirit forward. Another young woman who's very successful and, and doing a lot of very uh, creative things. So I'm glad that you both know each other. Let's take a short break and thank our sponsors. We come back. I want to dive into your personal passion with automobiles, Laura. Get to know you a little bit better here. So keep the seatbelts on. We're on the Autobahn. We're going fast. We'll be right back. What do you do after running a race team for 27 years with over 100 professional wins, multiple wins at the 24-hour of Daytona, and a win at Le Mans? Well, if you're Kevin Buckler, a racer and the racing group's team owner, you create Adobe Road Winery. Located in Petaluma, California, he and his team have created a winning combination with the Racing Series, four ultra-premium red wine blends that are in a class of their own. Like racing, these wines comprise of art, precision, engineering, science, and a whole lot of fun. You can choose from four blends titled Redline, Apex, Shift, and the 24. Today, I'm going to tell you about Redline. It's a rich and complex blend delivering a taste of ripe blackberries, black cherry licorice, and a hint of toasty oak. An added very cool option is that this features the world's first interactive wine label. That's right. When you pour the wine, the three-dimensional tachometer actually hits the red line. It's incredible. The Racing Series is a killer gift for the automotive enthusiast in your life, and I've got a deal for you. If you use the code CARSYEAH, all one word in all caps. When you go to checkout, you'll get $10 off any purchase of wines from the racing series. The wine ships promptly and arrives quickly right at your door. Use the code CARSYEAH checkout for $10 off of your purchase today. There's always a seat at the table for excellence with the racing series. Go to adoberoadwines.com and use the code CARSYEAH to save $10 today. Cheers! Let's take a pit stop from the conversation and talk about my charity of choice here at Cars Yeah, America's Automotive Trust. America's Automotive Trust is a group of like-minded nonprofits working together to preserve and promote car culture across the country. Together, they provide scholarships and grants to aspiring technicians and restoration artists. They provide youth education programs and bring communities together through auto-related events, car shows, and drives. One of those nonprofits is very near and dear to my heart because it's right down the road from the Cars Yeah headquarters. It's the LeMay America's Car Museum in Tacoma, Washington. One of the world's truly great automobile collections and one of those must-see bucket list destinations for car people like you and me. If you haven't seen it, I hope you make a trip soon. And if you have seen it, it's probably time to visit again. To learn more about this fantastic museum, go to www.americascarmuseum.org. And while you're there, you can donate to help them keep their engines running. That's www.americascarmuseum.org. All right, we are back. We're going to pull over at one of those very cool rest stops you guys have over there in Germany along the Autobahns. I always thought those were kind of neat. Little shopping centers right in the middle of nowhere. (laughs) I always find that so curious. 
Uh, I would love for you to share a story that instigated your personal passion for cars. Is there a pivotal moment in your life and you knew that you indeed were going to be a car gal? Yes. I mean, I grew up with my dad being an engineer and automotive, um, yeah, automotive engineer, classic car specialist. But he he always took me to inspect cars and to have a look around. But what was really fascinating was that he used to own a 911 F model from 1956. Uh, sorry, 1966. Oh, 60. Sorry. Okay, okay, yeah. And we used to use it as a, not a daily daily, but basically we used to drive it for ski holidays and used to drive it around here and put the skis on the back and just drive. And oh, I remember fine. always screaming, go faster. <laughs> and it was just such a beautiful car. It was, it was thoroughly original. Sadly, he needed to sell it. But I think these kind of memories with my dad, where he would just take me hands on and we would fix the car in our garage. And he would always teach me. He would like constantly talk me through the car and and he would do that with any car, really. But yeah, it was just that kind of like I always say that I'm like I'm like a sponge. I like to learn and and like to soak up knowledge, and that's what he would do with me with cars. So that really stroked me. And I always knew I wanted to be in the car world. I always thought I'd be more in in like a creative car world when I was younger. Mm-hmm. I loved photography and I loved to be creative. So I always thought I might, I might go down that route of like automotive designers or that kind of way. But to be honest, I think I have an engineering mind. So it wouldn't have fulfilled me the way my job does now. And especially having chosen to go away from the modern car industry. So as you mentioned before, I was at McLaren Automotive. which is obviously quite the opposite of where I am today, which was a great experience. I mean, developing your own car bit, which is is driving on the street now, it's really, really cool. But being with classic cars, it's it's basically where my my heart sits. And I I do get to play around with super sports cars these days as well. So I have have a good mixture of it. Yeah, what wonderful memories with your father. Very fortunate. Let's uh, talk about the first really special vehicle in your life that you owned. What was that car? And maybe share a memory you have about that ride. My very first car was a 190D um, Mercedes-Benz bought from a grandma whose her husband just recently passed, well, back then, obviously, but just mm-hmm. passed away. Yeah. And it was his very first car. It still had the protection seals on, on the, oh on the doors gosh. and this wow. kind of stuff. So yeah. it had 56,000 miles, uh, uh, kilometers, sorry. Mm-hmm. And it was basically brand new. It still smelled brand new. Wow. And... I remember when I re- when I had a look at it, I was not. I was actually the opposite. I was. I wasn't saying wow. I always said it's a grandma's car. I don't want that car because <laughs> yeah. I was dreaming of an old. I, I I always said that since I'm like 12 years old. I always said I, my first car needs to be a mini mm-hmm. because I really loved the shape of it. And I loved how they drive, and I just thought that's that's like the perfect first car. Obviously, the money didn't. didn't. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I didn't save up enough to be able to buy one at the time I was 18. So I got offered that really great grandma's car. And um, later on, I actually sold that to buy a mini, which which was my second car, which was was really cool. it was a stepping stone car. It got you to your dream. It was a stepping car. Yeah. But you know what? I bought it back about five years ago. What? No kidding. Five years ago. Yes. And it's I still, it's the 190D is honestly one of my favorite cars. Wow. It's the most reliable car I've ever owned. 
And it's like, it's almost like a family car now because it's just the one car, which if you need to go anywhere, obviously not very fast, <laughs> but in a comfortable way. And right. you want to have a reliable classic car. Yeah. You take that one. Yeah. It, it, I basically only change the oil and do like a little surface and, and nothing ever else happened. And it has way over 300,000 kilometers now. It's been everywhere in the world almost, well, Europe. Wow. But um, it's just, a living room grandma's car but i really like it <laughs> you know i i love the design of that vehicle that whole era of those cars uh, they're the w201s i believe is that what they call those yes. things yeah, yeah. I, I really love the way they look they're simple clean classic german designs um they just i think they did a great job i believe uh Peter Pfeiffer is the designer of that vehicle, I think. Absolutely, yes. Yeah, and I just love it. I think they're great. And born of that are the wonderful 500Es that they built in collaboration with Porsche that have a bit of that same look feel a little more muscular maybe but yeah they're they're great cars well my first car was a grandma car too it was a 67 chevy nova but it got me to my carmen Ghia, which was my poor man's porsche so uh oh yeah stepping stone i i must say i never really wanted that that nova back but uh but it was a great way to get to where i needed to get and it was inexpensive i'm gonna crawl into your head a little bit here laura and be your psychologist today and ask you this question if you woke up tomorrow and you were a vehicle you were actually manifest as a vehicle not what you want to be but how you perceive your attributes as a human as a person as a woman into a vehicle what would laura cuckoo be Oh, gosh, that's a tough one. <laughs> I bet no one's ever asked um, you that before. No, surely not. And um, you know what? If I understood that question correctly, I think it would be going back to lunches. It would probably be a Lancia D24, Ooh. which probably not a lot of people know now. <laughs> so let me explain. Yes. Um, it's a car from 1953, which was developed by Gianni Lancia by then, um, when Chenzo started. And I mean, the Aurelia was, did arrive before, um, a couple of years before. And it's a combination of technical innovation and serious production ready innovation and technical how do you say a technical prowess yes, we'll call it way. technical prowess okay yes. <laughs> all right now there we go <laughs> and i mean it had like a v6 v6 engine sorry that way uh -huh. v6 yeah. engine yeah. uh ddr suspension and and then they turned that whole thing into a race car starting with the d20 and then the d23 which was yeah. just a cutoff like a convertible and then the d24 was like an even better combination and modification of the d20 and d23 and it was just the for me, it's just one of those cars, which isn't just beautiful. It just shows what you can do when you just start from scratch, which Lancia was always known for. I mean, Lancia today is, is, is different, but back in that day, it was, it wasn't that big, but it was always a manufacturer, which just was uncompromising. It was known for technical innovation, uncompromising, and in a way that you would just have the best of the best they could ever possibly, their engineers could ever possibly make. So um, very different to a lot of other car manufacturers, especially after the war where they needed to create cars to keep the business running and make compromises, of course, in order to have a better profit. So yes, I don't know. I think it's I think it's one of those cars which is really unknown and like almost like a shy car, but it was bloody fast. It was incredible and I really like the Lancia 
lunches and and the the story of lunch yeah and um the way they've built up and yeah also a lot of people i don't think a lot of people know in yeah i don't know okay let's stop from there <laughs> it gets you know, really you, deep now yeah, well that's that's why you're on the psychologist couch you know the 54 launch a d24 sport cha- uh, spider which uh I saw chassis number 0005 on the lawn at Pebble Beach, the number yes. one car. That car is absolutely stunning, and it's so different but somewhat the same. When you first walk up, you think, wait, is this a Maserati? Is this a Ferrari? What, what is this? And then you start looking at it. It has a lot of those very cool Lancia idiosyncrasies. I mean, over the right headlight is a little air scoop that they've riveted onto the fender and the top of it and it's got a scoop on the hood and the way the nose kind of comes down uh, i'll encourage my listeners all you got to do is google 1954 lancia d24 and you'll see images of this vehicle and the one specifically i'm mentioning uh that i saw on the lawn at pebble it's also i've also seen it run it i think it ran at goodwood as well yes yeah so yeah. uh oh nice 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 you're the first lancia here on the show laura so Ah, very interesting. Yes, we like to go there here. Well, let's enter what I call the last lap. This is going to be a little bit of a lightning round. Quick, short blips of that Lancia D24 throttle is what I'm looking for. So here we go. What's one of your personal habits you believe has contributed to your many successes in life? Many successes is the, is the, is, is the phrase I'm stumbling over. So, um, I mean... Of course, that's a point of view, um, very subjective point of view. But anyways, I think what has helped me in striving in this in this world is that knowing your theory is good, but actually knowing the praxis, like in terms of being able to be hands-on and being able to grab a spanner and talk with the guys through it, but then also show um, how you could for example i don't know like how you can fix anything really or how you, or you take something apart to have a look at it thoroughly yeah has been a way for me not just an opening for a conversation in like a more depth and more technical way but also has given me respect and like a friendly atmosphere to talk around it mm-hmm. and this is now talking on site during a car inspection but i think it's the same with anything really if if I think it's very, very important to do your research and to think yourself into a problem or into another person or something, but then also be able to talk through it and putting it into practice, like just turning the theory into reality. We would call that over here walking her talk. That would be the oh, way I would put that. Yeah, I like that. She can walk her talk. There you go. Now, how about <laughs> if I could arrange for you to sit down and enjoy a drink or a meal with anyone in the automotive industry, either living or deceased, who would that person be? For sure, Berta Benz. <laughs> I mean, oh, I, so you know what? That She comes up first now to my mind because I'm at the moment I'm inspecting um, – six or even more vehicles now from prior to 1900 so wow. 1884 to 1888 oh my gosh and so the very 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 first vehicles like the patent motorwagen and um, the benz Velo and this kind of cars so it, this is where i'm inspecting them at the moment i'm really deaf i'm really deep into the research and i mean of course her name comes up to your mind First up, when you talk about these kind of cars, I mean, she was the one being able to test 
drive constantly the patent motorbike because her husband was um yeah that guy named was Benz. innovating it right <laughs> yeah yeah that guy named Benz and and I mean they together innovated and she was she was the automotive pioneer and the first one being able to do long distance driving in an automobile and she just did it in such a graceful way and yeah just such a graceful and unfeelsful unfeelsful yeah is yeah. that the world right I love it. <laughs> um, yeah way and fearless fearless that's that's it a fearless way <laughs> yes yeah i i'm sure talking to her it's just it would just be me zipping the tea and just constantly listening to her stories <laughs> yeah. rather than me talking. i love it i love it I, I love, love her story as well now when it comes to automotive advice and relating to older vehicles what's the best advice someone else has ever offered to you you don't know, need to know everything, but it's good to know who would know. <laughs> yeah. Meaning that the most important thing, and not just in the automotive world, I think anywhere, is to build up your network and to know where to find the answers. Yes. It doesn't need to be a person. It can be a book as well, but you need to be open for research and be open to, to be able to ask. Don't be afraid to ask because you'll never be able to know everything. And I think this is the key. If you're able to say, excuse me, I don't know, but I know the person to ask or I know where to find the answer and I come back to you. I think this is the best way to earn respect and also to be able to learn more and to, to next time you know. Absolutely. I, great. I love it. It's great. Now, when it comes to resources, I know there are so many, but is there one in particular you might like to share that's a go-to for you? Oh, many, many. I mean, <laughs> I mean... It totally depends on the brand you're talking about. But I really like books which are really generic also. I mean, there was a, a book which I, I love to just read about, for, read in for a laugh, which is called Der Kraftwagen von um, Peter. I have the 1937 year, so I think it was the 11th edition or something. Um, but it's a book where the car generically is described and mm. all the functions and every, every, um, like the engine and the gearbox and everything in, in particular is, is explained. And, but in a way and with drawings, which are just, if you read it once, you never forget. And it's written in a language which is just, it's, it's almost written with a little humor. If you, I, I think, if you, I believe if you read it today, it's written with a humor. But yeah. I like these kind of books. I mean, of course, if, 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 if you say, recommend me a book for Ferrari, I, I, it's different right. books. But yeah. if it's just very, very generic, I think that's a good one. Now, I do ask my guests if there's a book they might recommend. That one, Kratwagen, uh, from Peter by Peter, is a great one. Is there another book you might want to recommend to our listeners? I really like the Porsche 2.7 RS book, which is written by Konradsheim, Dr. Konradsheim. I don't know the exact title. I think something like that. It's like a green, green-covered red book. And it basically has all the VIN numbers of the 2.7 RSs in in the book and all the details and all the technical details. And it's just, I mean, there are plenty of books like these for different manufacturers, but this is just an example because it's lying next to me. So um, I, I think books like these are what the world needs, really. I mean, this is such great research. And yeah, it's just something which really helps. Uh, I have a copy of that book. That's a very rare book, very valuable book as well. I was lucky enough to come across a copy while I was traveling in Japan, of all places. I was in a uh, automotive bookstore, and the the book or the bookstore owner came up and he said, "You might like this. It's in English, so nobody here really wants it." 
And it was a copy of that book, which back then, I think I paid $200 US at the time. I mean, now, if you want to buy one of those, they're thousands of dollars. I've seen them sell for three, $4,000 and up. So uh, they're very valuable uh, books, but great reference books as well. Yeah, mine is uh, on my shelf. You can find all these resources Laura shared on her very own Cars Yeah show notes page. Just go to CarsYeah.com, type in Laura Kukuk. K-U-K-U-K. She's the only kakook that's been here on Cars Yeah. She'll, she'll be easy to find. All right, Laura, we're almost there. We're up to the checkered flag. We're on the Newberg ring. We're coming around down that last straightaway where you can just bury your foot to the floor and say, I made it again. I survived another lap of the ring. Uh, this question, though, can be a bit of a doozy. I'm going to buy you a very cool collector car today. Anything in the world. But my listeners know there's some rules to this game. It's the only one you can have. Yeah, I want you to drive it, and you can't sell it to buy a bunch of other toys with. So if you could pick any car in the world, Laura, what would it be today? Oh, gosh. Um, I think a BMW 328. <laughs> a 328. Now, okay, of all the cars that you could choose from as a fun toy collector car, I have to ask... I'm surprised. I thought for sure there'd be a Lancia in there or... Uh, now, why a BMW 328? Um, because you just said that it would be the car and just like... So, you, I don't know. You just said that it needs to be the one car in my garage and I would need to do everything in it. And I think the 328, it was a race car. It's tiny. It drives incredibly well. I've recently had a test drive in it um, across some really cool roads and it, it was incredible how much ref it had in the in the lower sections of the power and and how easy you could just yeah narrow your way around the corners and be in normal traffic it wouldn't heat up much and you could just go go shopping food shopping because you have some space behind the seats and it would fit any into everything i like that you could just close it up with a presenting and i don't know it's just the way it looks, it's, it, people always would have a smile on your face. It's very reliable car. If you know how to handle the car, you can drive it anywhere, really, if you want to. And um, I don't think it's one of those cars where people get very, I don't know, like, like self, not, no, not selfish, um, like almost nasty around it. I mean, <laughs> I mean, you have cars where people are getting just a bit jealous almost and, I think that's a car where people would have a smile on your face. And I was very impressed how it drives. And I think Elantia, yes, great, but it would be very difficult to find the spare parts. And it's just a different story. I think I think with a BMW 320i, you, you tick a lot of boxes. Yeah. So let me back up. I was confused. You're talking about the car designed by Seismanowski, right? The 36 to 1940 328? Yes. Okay. Yes. I thought you meant a more modern 328, like oh, a CI or sorry. something. I'm like, why would no, she, no, why no, would she no, pick no. something no, like that? No, that no, doesn't no, make no. sense. Okay. Now <laughs> I understand. My mistake, my misunderstanding. Yeah. They only made about 450, 60 of those things. They're, they're absolutely stunning. There is a wonderful lady who lives here in the Pacific Northwest. I met her 26 years ago when I moved here, who has one that her husband had for years. She has her own little room as a secret room in the garage. The whole wall moves away, and it's got a little shrine room where it sits in. But she and her son, they actually take it out and enjoy it. 
Oh, yeah. Delightful car. Puts a smile on everybody. Now I, okay, now I know what you're talking about. Oh, of course. Of course, Laura wouldn't pick a plain old mundane 328 from the uh, E46 or E36 series. Now yeah, it would be uh, that car. Woo, nice. Nicely done. Laura, you've taken me on a wonderful ride today. This has been great to get to know you better. I want to thank you for uh, sharing your passion for old cars with us. Before I let you go, would you offer us one little parting piece of wisdom or guidance before you drive off into the sunset in that beautiful 328 BMW? Well, always be open-minded and keep thriving and obviously keep the pedal to the metal. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. And what's the best way for people to learn more about you? I think just, yeah, I think social media. I, I've, I've started to use social media much more again now. and. Great. I try to keep our homepage, um, which is www.kukuk.com, okay. a bit more updated on what we're doing and try to talk more about the forensic methods and the cars we're inspecting. So I think that's something if you want to keep up to date. I think that's a good good way to. Yes, you definitely should be doing that. You know, that's how I found you, Laura, was through uh, my good friend Caroline Cassini, who follows you. I follow you now on Instagram. I will put a link to that on Laura's show notes page so that you can follow her as well. And I would uh, hope that you do because it's a fun, fun place to follow her. And of course, the website as well. Laura, this has been wonderful. I want to thank you for spending some time with me today. Thank you for sharing your expertise and your knowledge. Absolutely delightful. Until you and I talk again, or hopefully see each other on a Concord lawn one day when they let us all out of lockdown, I'll see you down the road, or should I say the Audubon. <laughs> that would be really lovely. I'm looking forward to meeting you one day. Thank you. This has been great. My favorite collector car magazine is Keith Martin's Sports Car Market. I've been a subscriber for decades. Sports Car Market is the Wall Street Journal for enthusiasts and collectors. It's your monthly must-read, whether you dream of owning a collector car, maybe you have two, or maybe you've got 200. Sports Car Market has been around for 31 years, and it's filled with valuable articles, intelligent write-ups, and the latest auction sales. Go to sportscarmarket.com and subscribe today. Here's a couple deals I have for you just for listening here on Cars Yeah. If you use the checkout code Cars Yeah, you'll receive a 50% discount on your digital subscription at Sports Car Market. That's an exclusive offer from Cars Yeah. And guess what? Here's another deal. If you'd like to get the actual magazine, use the code BSH for buy, sell, hold. That's code BSH. And you'll get $10 off your annual print subscription. That's right, $10 off. Both of these are exclusive offers here at Cars Yow for Sports Car Market Magazine. Just go to sportscarmarket.com and get your deals today. If you're listening to Cars Yeah, you've probably spent some time working on your favorite ride. But how confident are you working on your finances? You may be able to rebuild a fuel injection system, but can you decipher the details of a mutual fund? If you're like me, investments, insurance, annuities, budgeting, and other financial concepts may seem a bit daunting, but what if I told you there's a book that describes these subjects and more in an easy-to-read and a very humorous way? My friend Chris Kimball, CFP, a longtime sponsor and past guest here on Cars yeah, has written that book, and it's titled The Saga of Ike and Penny, a couple's humorous journey through the confusing world of finance. It's a fun look at things you need to know, everything from investing to effective ways to get rid of credit card debt, and it's probably the only book on finance with a VMAX on the front cover 
and a classic Mini Cooper on the back. The book's available at Amazon for just $10, and this book will dramatically improve the direction of your financial future. I gave copies to each of my children. All securities are through Money Concepts Capital Corp. Christopher Kimball Financial Services is not affiliated with Money Concepts Capital Corp. Get your copy, The Saga of Ike and Penny, today. Thank you so much for joining us on today's ride here at Cars Yeah! Drive on over to CarsYeah.com to find show notes and inspiring automotive fun. Download your free copy of Filler Up, a fun book filled with gorgeous photographs of fuel filler fun, including quotes from more inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Download your copy today, and we'll see you next time on Cars Yeah! Yeah!